3: Appreciate all of you hanging out with us as you wake up across the country. Several different stories that we are tracking. First of all, the Packers got some revenge. They went on the road and absolutely dominated. I mean, just took it to the San Francisco 49ers. Kyle Shanahan coaching down the stretch. Scores a touchdown with four seconds left for those of us on the under why in the world is San Francisco risking health, body, and limb like they were to get that touchdown? Maybe Kyle Shanahan had the mortgage on the over. Otherwise, it was a complete domination. Aaron Rodgers looked phenomenal. Absolutely incredible as the Packers got to 6-2. and two, We were just hitting you with the Devontae Adams stats. Through six games, he has been more productive than any wide receiver in the history of the Super Bowl era in the NFL. Uh, and uh, he was asked uh, after the game whether he was the best receiver in the NFL, and he said it was fair to say that. I actually think DK Metcalf is the best receiver in the NFL. I think he's the guy who terrifies NFL coordinators the most. But obviously, uh, Devontae Adams is having a well of a season. He's played six games. The Packers have played eight. Packers back squarely in the mix uh, to uh, to certainly win the NFC North, but. Also continuing to put themselves into a position to maybe uh, be able to chase the number one overall seed, especially with the Seahawks traveling across the country and having a tough game against the Bills coming up this weekend. Uh, So that is the start of NFL Week 9. We also have uh, college football. Unfortunately, bad news. Washington Cal game now canceled because of one positive test at Cal, which is just utterly ridiculous. Uh, It's a rule from Berkeley. You could hear Justin Wilcox, the head coach at Cal, basically in disbelief over the way that this rule is being implemented, but the Pac-12 waited all the way until November to be able to play football games, and now at least two of their teams are not going to be able to play this weekend. But we do have an absolutely loaded weekend of college football and the NFL headed your direction. And so I thought we should have a draft of the best games in college and the NFL, as we typically do, rolling into, uh, into the weekend. I will pick first, and we'll start with college football. Uh, I think the best game of the weekend is going to be Florida-Georgia. I love, love, love Florida to win this game as the underdog. It is my blood bank guarantee. Tap the veins. This is the one I love the most. Right now at many different sportsbooks, including FanDuel and FoxBet, you can get Florida plus three and a half in this game. I think the wrong team is favored. I think the Gators go out with their offense and win. I'm not a believer in this Georgia offense. So I am drafting the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. I am drafting this game, first, Florida-Georgia. Danny G, what game would you take next in college football?
4: I'm going to leave Clemson and Notre Dame for Dub to break down. I am here on the West Coast. I am excited for the first Pac-12 game of the season. I'm going to be eating some eggs and bacon and toast as Arizona State comes here to face number 20 USC. It's just going to be it's a... S- 9 a
3: 9 a.m. kick is why you're yes. saying that you're going to be eating bacon and toast. I mean, Pretty the cool. first ever Pac-12 game at the Coliseum that is kicking off at 9 a.m. Pacific time, noon on the East Coast. They are going to go straight from the pregame show at Fox, which, by the way, all of the pregame crew is out because I heard uh, one of them tested positive. But Urban Meyer, Matt Leinert, Rob Stone, Brady Quinn, Reggie Bush, usually they're all in studio uh, for, and look, those guys, especially Leinert, were super excited about the Pac-12 coming back. Leinert, obviously, a USC legend, he would love to be able to, uh, to 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 be able to talk about that game, especially the early start. Instead, they brought in the B team to have to sit in for that college football show, and so uh, as a result, 9 a.m. USC is hosting Arizona State should be a pretty fantastic game. Dub, you are up in Lexington, Kentucky, at the Breeders' Cup, getting ready for Friday and Saturday back-to-back days of horse racing. Which college football game are you drafting?
5: Well, Danny G., I appreciate your your kind thought there, leaving me with Clemson and Notre Dame, and that's where I'm going to go because we've talked about this game a fair bit this week. With Notre Dame, can they take advantage of this opportunity against Clemson without Trevor Lawrence? I have my doubts. I know it's one of your uh, best college picks, but I think Clemson is just going to be too much. We see this team all the time. When they get challenged, they step up, and I think they do it again. I think Clemson rolls. I agree with Lance Taylor. I believe he had uh, similar thoughts on this game I I just don't think Ian Book is good enough to keep Notre Dame in this game because Clemson's going to be scoring points. I don't think Book is going to be able to take advantage of Clemson's fairly weak secondary for Clemson standards. So I think Clemson wins this game by double digits. As far as betting, if you like Notre Dame, I'd, I'd wait to take it because I bet this thing could maybe get closer to a touchdown. It's at five and a half right now, so. That, that's kind of what I think right now. If you like Clemson, I'd take them right now. If you like the Irish, I think you wait until right before kickoff.
3: The stat on Notre Dame being unable to compete at a high level, uh, they have lost 11 straight and 19 of their last 20 against top five opponents as well as each of the last five games they have played against top five opponents. They just uh, have fallen on their face every time they get into a game against top caliber competition. Even without Trevor Lawrence, that'll be an intriguing one to watch. I took Notre Dame, and I've got a great deal of trepidation about that. By the way, Dub, how many people now are at the Breeders' Cup now that it is a little bit after 8 a.m. on the East Coast? Are you still the only person there?
5: No, the sun is now up, and people are out and about. During one of these last breaks, I'm about 100 yards, more or less, from the winter circle on the racetrack. And I went out there, and there's some horses warming up, getting a little workout in. And uh, Tiz the Law was out there, who was the winner of the Belmont Stakes earlier this year. So that was pretty cool to see up close and personal. You know, one of the the favorites this week on Saturday, uh, getting a little workout in on the track.
3: Uh, Dub uh, is up at the Breeders' Cup, and uh, he's going to be able to watch a lot of horse races on Friday and Saturday from Lexington. Keeneland is a fantastic place if you ever get the opportunity to go there and watch any races uh Lexington Kentucky in general is an awesome town just a really really cool college town uh but Keeneland is uh, is fantastic there and sometimes you can get a double header weekend where you get to go to Keen- Keeneland and then you also follow it up with even better uh the opportunity to go to a uh, college football game uh all right uh Eddie Garcia who would you take here
6: Well, I'll definitely be watching the uh, Notre Dame Clemson game, but um, how about number twenty three Michigan playing at number thirteen Indiana? I think it's an interesting game. Uh, The Hoosiers are two and zero. They had that miracle win, um, maybe a controversial win over Penn State. I got to imagine they've probably never beaten both Michigan and Penn State in the same season. They've lost twenty four straight games to the Wolverines. The last win for the Hoosiers over Michigan was nineteen eighty seven. But uh, maybe they'll lick in the chops a little bit with uh, the Wolverines coming into town and, and being two and zero and ranked thirteenth. So uh, we'll see if the Hoosiers can keep this going.
3: Yeah, you know I think that's a really intriguing game because Harbaugh to me the loss against Michigan State is the worst of the Harbaugh era. Like I think it's hard to point to a loss that he's had that is anywhere near as bad as what happened last weekend. He's got to win this game because if they lose to Indiana, effectively the Michigan season is a, a wash, and who knows where they might finish up. And meanwhile, if you're Indiana, can you imagine getting to three and zero with wins over Penn State and over Michigan? Tom Allen, the head coach at uh, at Michigan, would be uh, sorry at Indiana would be an incredible start. I mean, absolutely unbelievable start potentially for the Hoosiers. So uh, that would be uh, that would be incredible. I think Michigan finds a way to win, but Indiana football is 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 tearing down a start the likes of which they haven't seen in forever. All right, Roberto, you're the last pick. Have you looked at the roster? Do you have a pick?
7: Louisiana, Monroe, and Georgia State, man.
3: Well, what's the reason for that pick?
7: Uh, Just because they are two crappy teams. I want to see which team is the crappier one.
3: Yeah. Thank you for being such a big part of the draft. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. Uh, Roberto, uh, very good. Maybe Roberto needs to be cut out of the draft going forward for uh, for his uh, for his failure to play by the rules. Is uh, UCLA
7: not playing Roberto? I thought you oh, played yeah, UCLA. Yeah, they're a crappy team, but yeah, you, you, like I said, UCLA has ruined college football for me. Eddie said that many times.
6: Uh, they, uh, yeah, okay. So they're playing I, in
7: Colorado, by the way. You know, back in the nineties, I was a huge, huge college football fan, and UCLA has ruined college football for me, Eddie.
3: Uh, we are rolling through uh, the, uh, the start of college football and the NFL, all right? So there uh, is the college football universe. There's a lot of interesting games, but again, two really, really interesting games. If you're, if you're a college football fan, three, three playoff spots seem likely to be taken by Alabama, Clemson, and by Ohio State. If you presume that that is going to happen, that Alabama is going to be the best team in the SEC, that Clemson is going to be the best team in the ACC, and that Ohio State is going to be the best team in the Big Ten, that the Pac- that the Big 12 is basically not going to have any representative in the playoff, and that the Pac-12, it seems unlikely that anybody could get there, maybe USC, maybe Oregon, but I just have legitimate questions about how many games this conference is going to be able to play given the fact that we're dealing with already before the season even starts, a canceled game in uh, at Cal over Berkeley regulations that n- knocks a game out for Washington as well. If that's true, then there are a lot of teams trying to get that fourth playoff spot. Florida, Georgia, the winner will still be alive. The loser will be gone. Notre Dame, 100 billion percent has to win this game, I think, without Clemson having Trevor Lawrence because the odds of them coming back and winning the ACC championship game when Trevor Lawrence is playing seems much lower. So this is an opportunity for Notre Dame to make that case for the fourth overall seed. Uh, Texas A&M's on the road against South Carolina. They could get to 9-1. and one. There aren't that many teams that are really in the mix to potentially grab that fourth playoff spot. And a lot of it could come down to what happens in those big games, Florida, Georgia, and Clemson on the road against Notre Dame. All right, let's go to the NFL. Uh, NFL... Uh, obviously started on Thursday night with the Packers getting a monster win. As you look around at all the different games that are going to be played, uh, a bunch to dive into here as well. And to me, uh, I would say in general the best uh, the best game that's coming up this weekend in terms of storylines. I think it's Seahawks Bills. I think the Seahawks traveling all the way across the country. They're six and one, but they've had a questionable offensive uh, defensive pedigree the Seahawks have meanwhile the Bills last season were defined by their defense this year the offense has been much better the defense for the Bills has been mediocre I like the over in this game but I also like the Bills to find a way to get a win over the Seahawks I think that is the best game of the day on the NFL slate what game would you take Danny G
4: wow I thought for sure you were going to go with your boy Tom Brady uh, of course, that Sunday night game, the Bucks are hosting the Saints. It's a
3: fantastic one.
4: Yeah, Breeze and Brady, how many more times are we going to get to see this matchup? And they are fighting over the all-time touchdown pass record. Breeze with 560, Brady with 559. And this is... The like the oldest uh, matchup between quarterbacks since the merger in 1970.
3: 41 versus 43. 43 yeah. I think Drew Brees is 41. It, right? it
4: was Favre 38 I mean, and Testa Verde at, uh 44. Yeah, uh, back in uh, 2007. So
3: what's wild about Brady at 43 is they're halfway through the season. The Bucks are. I would be stunned at this point if he's not coming back to play next year too. Wouldn't you? Oh yeah. Right. I mean, and I'm looking at him right now like, man, he may still have a couple of years left even after this year um, if he stays healthy for the final eight regular season games and then whatever happens in the postseason. But this is not going to be a one and done type situation. This isn't a star player who goes away for one year and we try to pretend this season didn't happen. I mean, the Bucks are a legitimate Super Bowl contender and Brady is a legitimate MVP candidate. Yeah.
4: Loving that Bucks defense. And on the other side of the ball, Michael Thomas can finally come back for the Saints possibly here, which a fantasy owner like me who drafted him way high up, and he's been sitting on the bench all these weeks. I know you love hearing about our fantasy teams. But the Saints could actually round into form here. We could see what they uh, will look like down the stretch. Who's, who's in first place in your league, Danny? Uh, I'm tied for first.
7: Yeah, nobody
3: cares. I am. Nobody cares about your fantasy team. Uh, what about you, Dub? Uh, from the Breeders' Cup, what position are, uh, are are you taking here?
5: I'm looking at the Ravens and Colts because the Ravens last week against the Steelers had a real chance to kind of take control of their division and make a statement. And the Colts have one of the best run defenses in the league, so I'll be curious to see if Lamar Jackson is going to be able to throw the ball here. Because we've seen against good teams, against good competition, Lamar Jackson in those close games, Faded. He, he struggles to throw yeah. the football. And the Colts have Darius Leonard back. He got came back last week after missing two games prior to that. In those two games, the Colts gave up about 30 points per game. and In the games that he's played this year, the Colts defense has, al- has allowed about 16 points a game. So he's back. He's healthy. He made a huge play last week. So that's not good news for the Ravens, but I'm I'm curious to see how the Ravens offense uh, moves here against the Colts D. Uh,
3: all right, so uh, Eddie Garcia, which direction are you going here for the NFL?
6: Well, as Dub likes to always do, he has <laughs> stolen my game. He does that often, but yes. that's fine. That's fine. I will take the Bears and the Titans. I'll uh, be there
3: in person watching this game.
6: Bears 5-3, and three, Titans 5-2. and two. Both teams have dropped two in a row, so both looking to uh, turn things around here in a hurry. Uh, so we'll see which which more desperate team can get a win. It's going to be
3: perfect one. weather, by the way. I was looking at the weather uh, because seventy eight degrees. Seven. I mean, perfect. I mean, there's like it's happening. I think all over the country right now. I mean, there's chaos uh, around the election, but at least November is like the most perfect weather almost anywhere in the middle part of the country uh, right now. It's not cold at all. It's going to be phenomenal. I'm actually kind of excited. To be at that game, be sitting outside, perfect weather, and uh, I think the Titans are going to take it to the Bears. I really do. Um, they they fired uh, basically two members of the defense, uh, cut them right after that performance against uh, the Bengals, and uh, and I think they've gone back to the drawing board to try to fix the defense. Offense is already good, and I just I think this Bears offense has been tough to watch. And the Titans, if they played well should put them away. And that would set up, you know, Dub just drafted that that Colts game against the Ravens. But Thursday night football is potentially going to be for for first place in the AFC South with the, uh, the Titans hosting the Colts. And so uh, that's a pretty big game that we would have next week in terms of trying to look at the AFC playoff picture. Uh, all right, Roberto, you get an opportunity to redeem yourself. Uh, pick me an NFL game. Well, you guys
7: took all the best games already. You know, after that, it's a bunch of crappy teams playing each other. I'm gonna go with the homer pick here. I'm taking the Raiders against the against the Chargers. I want to see Justin Herbert, averaging 303 passing yards per game, NFL rookie record. Whenever the Raiders do get some kind of defense, they actually win win some ball games. So I want to see how the Raiders' defense plays against Justin Herbert. And uh, the Raiders have a easy easier second half schedule. So I want to see uh, how they go from here moving forward, especially with that defense, because that defense. Uh, Gives up too many big yards. When you're watching your team, you're thinking you could get a stop on third and 20, but the Raiders give up too many big plays. So uh, whenever they do get some sort of defense, they do seem to play well. So I'm looking forward to the Raiders' charging game.
3: The Bears, by the way, uh, had some issues earlier in the week, but they're back to full activity. So it seems like that game's going to be uh, be fine going on Sunday. Uh, all right.
4: Really Eddie, quick though, yeah. are, are those birds chirping where Dub is? Yeah, we got birds in the building,
3: inside uh, the building.
5: <laughs> yeah, well, it's not a in, enclosed it's open air. building; it's open air. So you know, I've have, got some friends come visit me a little bit overhead. So uh, it's like a it's a full animal kingdom environment
7: here. Sounds like you're the zoo. Uh, <laughs> uh
3: all right eddie garcia you're always trying to leave the show early yeah big time i don't know what you, you're talking about i'm gonna give you an opportunity oh, nice you. to beat all the wow. traffic in la what you a can guy. do an update right here to roll into uh into friday you can show up early there's no telling what the extra 18 minutes i'm about to give you in your life is going to be working. wow
4: they should put clay's face up on more airport billboards i know, billboards. <laughs> I know.
3: Dub is up in Lexington, Kentucky at Keeneland. He's been there all throughout the show. He'll be watching the race in person. And one of the guys that will certainly be watching the race is Matt Carruthers. He's the host and race analyst for TVG. He joins us now. Breeders' Cup coming up. Matt, for people out there who may not be familiar as much with the Breeders' Cup, $31 million in prize money at stake, $6 million in the big race itself. This is going to be a lot of fun on Saturday to watch from Keeneland.
8: It is, Clay. Uh, great great being on your show, and good morning. Um, it's, it's essentially, I and mean, you mentioned the money, $31 million. Um, it's our Super Bowl. It's horse racing Super Bowl World Series, essentially. And you have the best horses at you know, varying distances, age groups, genders. Um, so it, it, it's the best, the best, whether it's the dirt mile, the turf mile, uh, the Breeders' Cup Distaff for the Phillies and mares, or the big one tomorrow, the richest race, the, the, the Breeders' Cup Classic at the Kentucky Derby distance of a mile and a quarter. And it's kind of neat how they break it down, too, because today they pretty much feature the two-year-olds, and they've been doing it for the last few years, so it's Future Stars Friday. So it gives people the opportunity to see some of uh the future stars in the game. For instance, the last time, the only time they had the, the Breeders' Cup at Keeneland um, in 2015, five years ago, uh, Songbird won the Juvenile Phillies for two-year-olds. She ended up being you know, a Hall of Famer and, and won the Kentucky Oaks the next year, and Nyquist won the Breeders' Cup Juvenile that year, and he won the Kentucky Derby the next year. So pretty cool to see future stars today. And then tomorrow, it's all about horses that are that are present stars and, and the best horses in the world competing.
3: All right, we got a lot of gamblers who listen to this show, and uh, <laughs> it's not a surprise that for most people, the greatest thing about horse racing is being able to win some money while being uh, able to have some alcohol, kick back, have an awesome day. Yes. And a lot of people, obviously, this year different because a lot of times there's massive crowds at the Breeders' Cup at Keeneland, wherever that race is taking place. This year, that is not the case. So as you break down kind of uh the the big race here where's the value what would you suggest to people out there i know FanDuel owns tvg where you work so uh, i know they're pretty pumped about all these different races as well
8: yes yeah absolutely and um yeah i mean we have um obviously we we, we sponsor the, the the it's the FanDuel beers cup mile as well which yeah. is uh, gonna be a great race at uh at you know eight furlongs on um, on the on the turf tomorrow, that that's race number nine. I'll give it a pick in that race. Just 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 real quickly while we're talking yeah. about the FanDuel Breeders Cup Mile, because you know the Europeans, um, as you can imagine, usually do pretty well in, in the Breeders Cup turf races because that's basically all they have over in Europe is grass racing. So obviously we have the better dirt horses here. Why? why
3: I mean, that's an interesting point. Yep. Uh, why is that? Why why is that the standard in Europe?
8: Um. I don't know. Historically, kept, I mean, it's kind of
3: an interesting question, right? I mean, uh, it, it, yeah. it it is kind of fascinating how that's different.
8: And the reason why it stayed that way, it, it, it is, you know, I mean, the racing in Europe goes goes back obviously hundreds of years, yeah. and it's always been, been been grass racing. And the biggest races there have always been turf races. So if you're pointing, if you're in the breeding program and you're breeding horses towards the biggest race that are turf races, you're going to breed grass horses, right? Yeah. You're going to breed to. To sires and dams that were very good turf horses, and in this country, it's more about speed. That's changing a little bit. We're trying to get turn the focus to turf racing a little bit, but you're breeding for speed more dirt. And what's the biggest race here? Kentucky Derby, yep. dirt. So it's all about the breeding programs. That's 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 definitely part of it. But when all you have is, is racing on one surface, and here that surface is is the is the kind of the alternate surface. The you know the, the horses over there are going to be better. Um, they don't always ship their best ones over here, but I think they maybe have um, in the two-horse in tomorrow's ninth race, the FanDuel Breeders' Cup mile presented by the PDJF. And that's uh, Cameco, the two-horse. Um, O'Sheen Murphy is an outstanding, young, up-and-coming rider. Um, and, you know, just going back and looking at the videos, his Latin horse's last race at Newmarket, one of the premier racetracks in Europe, was, I thought, scintillating. And he's turning into a great miler. He's a three-year-old. So that's a horse that I like tomorrow. He's six to one on the line, and that's the beautiful thing about Breeders' Cup. You have great horses where you're going to get where you never get prices on them. This is the one day where those horses are bettable because there's just the fields are so big and there's so many choices, and the public can't bet them all.
3: Yeah, it's really pretty fascinating to think about. Now, the big race, the six million dollar purse, will be happening tomorrow afternoon, mm-hmm. and there are a lot of horses that people would be familiar with. How would yes. you break down that race?
8: Well, I mean, you know, I mean, Maximum Security is kind of a, a kind of a household name. I mean, you can be a casual racing fan, and I think you know who Maximum Security is because it's kind of. Um, you know, the, the drama around him being disqualified from the Kentucky Derby in 2019 in dramatic fashion. Nobody even knew. Uh, we thought it was a go official, then all of a sudden the inquiry came up, and, and then all of a sudden he was disqualified. It was, the, it was the right call. But he's made over $12 million in his career. And then you have Bob Baffert, who I think also, um, you know, if you watch a couple of horse races a year, you know who Baffert is. And he's obviously he's loaded in the classic. he has improbable who's going to be the favorite. He has maximum security now, and he has Authentic, who won the Kentucky Derby, and they're the outside three in the race. So um, the curious thing for me is that the two fastest horses are probably Authentic and Maximum Security. They're both horses that like to to break on top and utilize their speed advantage, but they don't want to duel each other into the ground, right? You know, they don't want the other one to work too hard. So uh, it'd be interesting to see what Baffert's instructions are because he doesn't want one horse to make it more difficult for the other and vice versa. So uh, that's something to try to figure out but usually these races it comes down to me the 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 week of really just grinding and doing the work but this was the exception because i really think i don't know what kind of value he's going to be he's only three to one on the line but i love to the law um i thought that he's the two horse three to one morning line he uh, was second in the kentucky derby to authentic as the heavy favorite and i think he just kind of regressed a little bit you you know in in racing you'll have horses that run like maybe career best and if they come back too quickly sometimes they regress they can't replicate that performance. And I think that might have been the case with Tiz Law. He was so good in the Travers, and he didn't have enough time in between races, and he came back in in four weeks. And he ran really well in the Kentucky Derby. He just kind of dropped off a little bit. Now he's been freshened up. Now we haven't seen him in 60 days. He's a horse who runs extremely well off of a little bit of a break. And I think that break will do him extremely well. And to me, his win in the Travers at the mile and a quarter distance that he's getting in the Classic – uh, was maybe the best performance of the year. So uh, I don't love the draw. He's a horse that they say likes to be to the outside a little bit, um, but I'm thinking that he's fast enough that he, he can kind of uh, you know break sharply and as a slow horse to his inside, he can kind of move off the rail a little bit and the Bafford horse to the outside go to the lead. He can kind of be stalking them from the uh, the two or the three path. So I do like tis the law. Um, I think I'll probably single him. Your exotics, and uh, we'll see about the odds in terms of a win bet. But uh, three to one morning line. Uh,
3: Outstanding stuff, as always. Unfortunately for you, uh, Matt that's the same exact pick that I made and so uh, I think uh, you are cursed as a uh, as a result of that I, I in all seriousness should be in the awesome uh, couple of days of races Dub uh, Yarborough, who is our producer is up there uh-huh. uh, representing Outkick so if you see him around uh, the track anywhere uh, say hi to him and or request that security escort him out because I'm not sure that he's very trustworthy um, but uh, but we appreciate you getting up early and breaking all that down for us
8: yeah, yeah, you're, you're welcome. And the other thing is, before I go, um, weather in Kentucky this kind of year. Oh, it's going nice to be beautiful, heat. right? It, it, it's going to be 70 and sunny today. It's going to be 72 and sunny tomorrow. I mean, next year it's back in Southern California. We're supposed to rain this weekend. So it's, it's a good thing the Breeders' Cup is in Kentucky here in, here in 2020
3: it is indeed i mean it's gonna be an amazing day for sports in general appreciate uh, you and uh, encourage you guys to go watch the breeders cup Uh, we'll talk to dub one more time in the next segment as we uh, are breaking down the outkick six pack of picks which have had a really good season so far did not have a great sunday this past week but i will give you my six best nfl bets to finish out the week We are rolling through the program, and I hope all of you are having fantastic Fridays. And we close out Friday as we do every single Friday during the course of the NFL season with the OutKick six-pack of gambling picks. Now, as the music comes up in the background there, I want to thank Montel Jordan to start, but now the money-making cash sound in the background here. Truth of the matter is, we had a bad... We had a bad week last week. I think we went 1 and 5, which is uh which is tough. That still means that we are doing well. I think 26 and 17 overall if I'm doing the math correctly on the outkick six pack even after a disastrous week last week. So it's time to get back on the winning track here and here we go. Is Dub there? Can we? Is Dub ready to analyze these picks?
5: I'm ready to roll. They just did a mic check and sang a beautiful national anthem out here. At there you P's go. His track. So we're ready. America,
3: America. There we go. Seattle at Buffalo. I've got the over 55. I said this is the game I'm most intrigued to watch. Maybe I should have said that I was most intrigued to watch Brady versus uh, Breeze. potentially the last time although I feel like Brady's never going to retire now he may play until he's 50 Seattle at Buffalo I've got the over 55 in this game Buffalo's defense has been questionable this year the Seahawks have no defense I think both teams will score uh, quite a bit see a lot of points being uh, laid here I'm going over your thoughts, Dub.
5: The only thing that concerns me here is the Buffalo offense, which started off so hot. I know. But I think they get back on track against the Seattle defense, like you said, which is non existent.
3: So you're on this team uh, I, with I me. Agree. Uh, the Ravens are going on the road against the Indianapolis Colts. It's a big game for both teams. I, I'm just not sold on the Ravens. This is a good defense they're going up against in the Colts. When the Ravens have tended to play really good teams, Uh, both the Chiefs and also the the Steelers they have lost. I don't like the mojo. I don't like the momentum of the Ravens. I like Indy plus three in this game against the Ravens.
5: Yeah, this is one of my favorite plays here. The Ravens, second worst passing yards per game this season so far. I think Indy shuts down the ground game and forces Lamar to pass, and I like Indy in that situation.
3: We talked earlier with Shannon Spake, who's going to be on the road in D.C. covering the Giants at Washington. I think the under is the play here. I don't feel good about the Giants coming off that Monday night game. Short week for them, devastating loss. Washington has a very good defense. I think that the Giants go on the road and the under 43 hits in this game.
5: I don't know how you're betting unders after last night, Clay.
3: Yeah, I know. It, <laughs> last night was brutal if you had the under like I did in the in the Packer game on the road against the 49ers, the score with four seconds left. But I'm sticking with the under here in the Giants-Washington game. I like it. Uh, this one, everybody is on. I mean, I think like 99% of the bets are on it, and it makes me nervous. But the Steelers going on the road against the Cowboys, Steelers are right at 13-and-a-half point favorites. I just – I don't see how the Cowboys are going to be able to score. I really don't. And so I think there's an argument for the under here. But I see this game being like 24-6 to and the Steelers just shutting down everything the Cowboys do, even after coming off two big wins in a row on the road against the Titans and on the road against uh, the Ravens. I think the Steelers just suffocate this uh, Dallas Cowboy offense – I like the Steelers to cover a big number.
5: Well, Clay, I like Pain and I'm taking the Cowboys here. 0 and 9 against the spread has never happened as you mentioned never in the early history in the show.
3: of the NFL. Right now the Cowboys are 0 and 8 against the spread. They are trying to make history.
5: Yeah, and then also Mike Tomlin on the road as a big favorite over 10 points, 2 and 9 against the spread. During his time with the Steelers, so those are good enough for me. I'm taking the Cowboys. I'm getting those two touchdowns.
3: I am nervous about uh, how many different people are on the uh, the Steelers in this scenario, but I think ultimately, I just I can't see the Cowboys scoring. I I just can't see it, and I think they're going to turn the ball over. I can see the Steelers defense scoring. I can't bet on them. Saints big game. Saints plus five at the Bucks. The Saints have already beaten the Bucks to start Week One of the NFL season. I think the Saints come back and win again potentially against the Bucks. But even if they don't win with Michael Thomas back and everything else, I think they're going to cover the 5. And so I think five is just too many points, too good a value here on the Saints.
5: Yeah, I agree. I think the Saints can win this game. So if you're going to give me five points, I'm going to take them and run with it. So I think the Saints is the only play to even have here. I think it's Saints or pass, to be honest with you.
3: All right, and here's the final pick. I'm going to be at this game, which is why I saved it for last. I've been kind of wavering back and forth on the Bears at the Titans. But ultimately, I just the Bears' offense I can't bet on right now. And I feel like the Titans are going to have – a decent amount of success. So I am taking the Titans minus six and a half against the bears.
5: Yeah. This is a matchup between two major weaknesses, but with the bears offense going up against the Titans defense, which one is worse. Yeah. That's the question here. If you think the Titans offense or defense is worse than the bears offense, that's going to kind of dictate where you go. I, I think I agree. I think I like the Titans here to come out and, uh, bounce back after a couple of bad performances.
3: Titans, in theory, are going to have a remade secondary for this game. They released Vic Beasley in one of the the all-time worst free agent signings. The Titans (laughs) gave him $9.5 million. He made three sacks. He played seven games. They released him. Nobody picked him up. I mean, it seems like Vic Beasley's career is effectively over. The Titans also released Jonathan Joseph, who was an aging defensive back that got picked apart quite a bit by the Bengals in that unexpected loss for the Titans they obviously made the trade with the Chargers to go grab Desmond King theoretically he's going to be able to play in this game and the expectation is that Adoree Jackson is going to be back so that would help out the secondary quite a bit even if they might have some communication issues they've at least got some talent Uh, so I think the Titans find a way to get it done Beat the Bears. I don't like the vibe coming out of Chicago right now. Seems like there is a a lot of dissension in the ranks over who the quarterback's going to be. Mitch Trubisky is injured, but I just don't believe in Nick Foles. They're not protecting him very well. Maybe the Titans, even the Titans can get pressure on Nick Foles, but if they can't, I just don't like the playmakers on the offensive side of the ball for the Bears. So I like the Titans to find a way. So to recap, Seattle at Buffalo, I've got the over 55. Ravens at Indianapolis plus three Bears and the Titans the Titans minus six and a half Uh, Washington uh, hosting the Giants the under 43 the Steelers minus 13 and a half at the Cowboys and the Saints plus five at the Bucks so to close out the week Dub you were at the Breeders Cup what time is the first race there?
5: Today, I believe the first race is at 1110, so uh, just a couple hours away, 9 o'clock here almost on the eastern Eastern time zone. So I'm pretty excited. It is a gorgeous day here in Lexington. Not a cloud in the sky. It's warming up by the minute, and I cannot wait.
3: So you're going to stay there for the whole day?
5: I might uh, go grab a bite to eat real quick, and then I'll be back for races all day long, today and tomorrow. And obviously the big one tomorrow, which everyone will be watching
3: yeah no doubt well uh we appreciate the breeders cup uh, coming in and uh hooking up dub and being able to uh to give us an opportunity for him to check out everything there Uh, i look forward to uh to breaking everything down going forward uh with uh with them and with you guys there is the outkick six pack of picks i hope all of you have a fantastic weekend enjoy some college football enjoy some nfl and a lot of great fall weather all over this country unexpectedly warm get out and enjoy that as well live your lives have a great time i'll be at my third different nfl game of the season can't wait to go see the bears playing against the titans and i appreciate all of you who have spent the week with us i know it has been a long week maybe a long weekend maybe a long several days still to come before the election is decided this
0: is outkick the coverage with clay travis